everyone. My name is Ryan Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Harky Singh, an HLPA agent and president at Live Sports Entertainment. Harky brings a lot of first-hand experiences on all sides of the game, and throughout the conversation, he goes into his first-hand encounters with those in the industry with tremendous detail. Due to his wide range of knowledge, I really think there is something in this conversation for everyone, and I look forward to sharing it with you today. So with that, I am happy to present Harky Singh, NHLPA agent and president with Live Sports Entertainment. Today I'm joined by Harky Singh, the president and NHLPA agent with Live Sports and Entertainment. Harky, thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you, Ryan, uh, for having me, and I'm excited to uh, have a uh, wonderful discussion with you uh, today. Yeah, for sure. I think um, the area of uh, you know agency and and with your NHL background, it's going to offer a different perspective, which listeners will be very intrigued by. So. How about you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, including where you grew up, and then touch on your involvement in sports throughout your youth. Um, I'm born and raised in Toronto, Ontario. Um, played my minor hockey in uh, the MTHL, which is now called the GTHL. And uh, uh, through my uh, minor hockey career, I was very fortunate enough to be drafted by Belleville in the OHL. And uh, uh, Played with uh, uh, great players on that team. Uh, if I look back, uh, Daniel Clary and, uh, you know, Sean Brown, uh, Mark Dupuis, uh, James Boyd, who's the GM with Ottawa, uh, currently with the Ottawa 67s. Um, yeah, uh, Craig Mills, who played on the World Junior Team. Um, yeah, we had, a, we had a tremendous team coached by Larry Mavity, uh, who's a longtime OHL coach and executive uh, was involved with Kingston Frontenacs too. And then uh, Lou Crawford, who was our assistant coach, uh, the younger brother of Mark Crawford. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a great experience there. And then from there I headed off to uh, Prince George uh, in the Western Hockey League. And um, I think everyone knows who Sudan Chara is. So I was very fortunate to, to be teammates with him and uh, Eric Brewer as well. And uh you know, uh, those guys uh, have had great careers. And uh, in Zidane Achara's case, he continues to have a, uh, a wonderful career, um, you know, a Hockey Hall of Famer. And uh, more importantly, just a, a tremendous uh, person as well off the ice. And uh, one of the probably greatest teammates I've ever played with and uh, on and off the ice. Uh, so um, played there. And uh, from there, I ended up with the Windsor Spitfires. And uh, again, a great bunch of teammates too, with Jeff Sayre, uh, who was drafted by the New York Islanders, Matt Elich, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Glenn Crawford, uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, you know, uh, we've, we, we had good team uh, teams there as well. So yeah, that, that was my playing career after junior hockey. I, I played, uh, uh, had a cup of coffee with Thunder Bay, uh, Thundercats in the United Hockey League. And, uh, you know, uh, I quickly realized that, um, you know, I had to transition at some point, uh, you know, from playing to uh, looking at other uh, avenues in hockey. And, uh, you know, uh, I decided to 
you know, uh, look at other options like scouting or coaching. And uh, once I stopped playing, I was very fortunate enough to, to be hired by the New York Islanders at the age of 20 while going to University of Ottawa. Um, so, you know, that that's somewhat about my hockey career. Um, and uh, from the Islanders, I went to the Vancouver Canucks and in a scouting position and uh, player development uh, as well. Um, yeah, uh, very fortunate, and uh, and that was uh, that was my uh, my career in the NHL, and uh, quickly I found myself after that in the uh, agency business, and so uh, I, I'm 42 now. So I look back, uh, I've been involved in the National Hockey League and in some capacity for 22 years, and uh, it's been a, a great ride, and, and I look forward to to uh, building. Uh, more uh, life experiences through the NHL and uh, yeah that's uh, that's it in a nutshell right yeah no that's a, there's a lot of detail there and uh, I think there's a number of uh, very interesting takeaways from that uh, Danny Cleary obviously being from uh, just outside of my hometown is a an interesting connection there but um, I think one of those things that every player realizes um, at some point you know there is a there is a an area after playing that has to be addressed and for some people, it might not be till they're retired in the NHL. Some people, it could be in minor hockey and others is in junior. But you touched on wanting to stay in the game and move into hockey operations, and that opportunity came with the New York Islanders. Um, maybe diving into that opportunity a little bit more, just talk about how you uh, initially found yourself with the Islanders, touch on that position, and then uh, what you learned in that first NHL role. You know, at, at some point uh, while you're playing hockey, um, there comes a time where um, I wouldn't say you're not good enough, but there are players that, uh, that are better and you come to realize, um, you know, how can I stay involved in the game? Um, and, uh, you know, uh, luckily through the years being involved as a player, you get to meet coaches, executives, um, you know, from people from different levels, uh, from the pro level to junior, um, and you build relationships. Uh, it's all about uh, networking and relationships. And uh, um, you can't look at relationships from a short-term perspective. You've got to look at things from a long-term perspective. And uh, and I was very fortunate uh, to have some great mentors. Um, uh, I was taught always to respect my elders, um, to appreciate the, the hard work and the time they put in, into this beautiful game of hockey. Um, and appreciate people, um, you know. Uh, so uh, when it came to the New York Islanders, how that started, that process was simply going back to the MTHL. And back then, Hockey Canada had uh, the under-17s like they do now, but it was a different kind of format. It was regional-based, so the OMHA had a camp, um, the Alliance had a camp, um, the, the MTHL, again, slash GTHL now had a camp, and... Uh, I was asked by one of the camp administrators to come back and talk to, um, you know, uh, players that are participating or trying out for the under 17 team in Toronto. And it was, the conversation was about, you know, um, you know, my path of, uh, of playing in the OHL, but then also continuing to get an education at that time. So I was more there. So to uh, be a guest speaker and, and kindly inform players and their families that hockey is a great sport and everyone aspires to play in the National Hockey League, but uh, make sure you get an education and, uh, you know, not to drop out of school and 
put your eggs in one basket. So, so as I was doing that and educating people about the value of education, um, you know, um, Mike Shute, who was the director of hockey operations at the under 17s uh, for Team Ontario, uh, because it was done by province, uh, the teams back then, not okay, the top 65 or top 70 players, let's form three teams for Canada. That wasn't the case back then. It was Team Pacific, Team Ontario, Team uh, West, uh, Team Atlantic, Team Quebec. And so um, while I was at the University of Ottawa, uh, Mike Shute asked me if I wanted to scout for them, uh, you know, to, to help assist in selecting uh, Team Ontario. And I remember that 84 age group that had Nathan Horton, uh, Corey Perry, Mike Richards, Anthony Stewart. Um, yeah, what, what, a, what a team that was. And uh, uh, so Mike Shute had asked me just to evaluate those players during the year while I'm at University of Ottawa. And I, I remember saying to Mike Shute, I, I know nothing about scouting. I know nothing about evaluation. And uh, I, I remember uh, he and along with the other scouts would say, hey, we'll help you. And uh, but we'll kindly, um, you know, take you through the process. And uh, so so that's how it started, um, you know, how I got my foot into scouting. And while I was scouting for Team Ontario, the Belleville Bulls um, asked me, um, Dr. Vaughn and, and Brad Vaughn, who is, uh, Dr. Vaughn was the owner, and then uh, Brad Vaughn was the general manager, asked me to scout for Belleville. And uh, so I got two uh, scouting uh uh, positions without any experience. Um, it happened so quickly. Um, so I was, as soon as I was getting my feet wet, um, Larry Kelly, who um, helped me along the way, who was uh, an agent to Doug Gilmore, uh, Bill Housley, uh, Mika Kiprasov, um, uh, helped me uh, write a letter, uh, you know, uh, to the New York Islanders, uh, to the ownership group and the hockey ops. Uh, to, to apply for a scouting position, which I thought, you know, Ryan, at that time, I was 21, that I would never get it. I, I would never get it. Uh, I had no scouting experience, nothing other than just started uh, two or three months prior working for Team Ontario and, uh, and Belleville. And uh, again, I didn't get my feet wet uh, with those organizations uh, fully. And uh, um, here I am applying to the New York Islanders uh, through Larry Kelly's help. and. Uh, not just Larry Kelly who helped me, it was Ted Sater uh, who, who coached with Mike Milbury and coached with my mentor, Gordy Clark, and um, also uh, gave a recommendation. And, and I didn't know that, uh, you know, Gordy Clark knew, uh, knew Ted Sater because I was so young. And, uh, and uh, you know, Ted Sater vouched for me and said, hey, you, you've got to hire this gentleman. Um, uh, he's smart, he's intelligent, he'll be very ethical. He'll be very loyal. And uh, yeah, the New York Islanders, while I was at the University of Ottawa, gave me an opportunity. And uh, so I had to I had to let Belleville know and I had to let Team Ontario know that uh, I could still be involved in a, in a very small capacity, but uh, I, I'm going to concentrate with the New York Islanders. And uh, yeah, I was, um, Ryan, I was very fortunate to get in at the age I did. Um, and it was through it was through um, people believing in me, but um, and my mentors helping me out. Uh, so um, yeah, I was just in the right situation at the right time, and 
you know, I, I couldn't even to this day be so thankful um, to my mentors because uh, where I am today is because of them. And, uh, and uh, obviously my family has a big part uh, of raising me and, and uh, the way I am. And uh, it's just, uh, I was, uh, again, I keep using the word lucky because I really feel that way even after 22 years of being involved in the NHL in some capacity this wouldn't be possible if I didn't have a wonderful family that I have and their support and um, allowing me to be the person I am. So my mentors uh, would help and, uh, and uh, you know, give me all the advice that I need to, to be involved in this game uh, that I am currently. Yeah. It's, it just sounds like an amazing opportunity and putting yourself out there. And, and like you said, it really does um, help to have those relationships and connections and, and people that believe in you and, who knows where you are today uh, without that push and without that help, but um, you know, you're very fortunate. And obviously there was a lot of hard work uh, moving into the Islander system there. Eventually with the Islanders, you would gain more responsibility and oversee the entire Western Canada and some U S scouting. Uh, talk about that change. And then maybe just a little bit tidbit about how your abilities grew as a result of this added responsibility. So while I was in university, um, you know, doing my undergraduate there. Um, Tony Faltron, who was our head scout and another mentor of mine and uh, someone that took me under his wing and, and helped me um, understand how to scout, how to evaluate, how to be organized, how to be structured, um, how to be respectful, um, you know, in the ranks and uh, how to communicate with coaches, general managers for various junior leagues or pro leagues. Um, he came to me along with Mike Milbury at the time uh, and offered me a, a full-time position in Western Canada. And I remember the draft that year was in 2002, was in, in Toronto. Um, and that was, uh, uh, I hope I'm not mistaken here, but that was uh, the draft I believe Rick Nash was involved in, uh, in Toronto. I can be, I can be mistaken here. So, I apologize to those draft enthusiasts if I made a mistake, uh, but I've been involved in 22 drafts and, and I'm trying to remember each and every draft. So yeah, Tony Feltrin um, came to me and Mike Melbury and said, hey, we, we, we like to uh, create a position for you full time. Although being, I remember saying to Mike Melbury um, that I want to do my master's in sports admin and uh, they said, that's great. Medicine Hat, and then 
obviously I, I could watch the Alberta Junior, the BCHL, the Western Hockey League, uh, in conjunction with uh, the NHL, with Calgary Flames being there, Edmonton Oilers, again, uh, close by, Vancouver Canucks, um, you know, a quick flight over. Um, so, so that's how that evolved. And, um, you know, wh what a year that was, too, when I moved out to Western Canada. I mean, they had uh, Ryan Getzlav eligible for the draft, uh, Brent Seabrook, uh, Braden Colburn, um, you know, Eric Fair, uh, Dion Phaneuf, um, and, um, you know, um, Clark MacArthur, who played. Um, just the names I'm just mentioning to you, uh, what a year that was um, for the 80, 85s, I believe. And um, um, I, I got uh, Shea Weber was in that draft, too, as well, the 85 date of birth. So, um yeah, I got put into Calgary and um, it was kind of intimidating because here I was full time and, um, and you know, there was legendary scouts who, who were involved in the game and uh, who I looked up to and I respected and, uh, uh, you know, scouts from various teams, uh, whether it was ex-NHL players or Hall of Famers uh, or guys that played at very high levels uh, accepted me with open arms. Um, and I just, I just worked hard. Uh, I put my head down and uh, worked and uh, was very respectful. Again, um, uh, that came from uh, my parents and, and how to treat others. And, and you know, Gordy Clark uh, educated me along with Tony Feltran. And, uh, and I, I just try to, <clears throat> sorry, I just try to learn from them and uh, take their knowledge and how they conducted themselves and, and implement that um, at the ranks when I was there, right? Uh, evaluating scouting and, and um, yeah, it was, uh, what, what a great experience to say the least. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I think it just speaks to your commitment uh, during that time. You know, it's not many people that would move to a new place and, and take on all that responsibility, especially with school aspirations and stuff tied into it. So um, one of those opportunities where you really had to dig deep and, I think about what you wanted to do, but I think it's fair to say that uh, it was a great decision on your part. Yeah, coming home three, four in the morning, uh, you know, waking up the next day and, and uh, going to class at eight o'clock and then continuing on to go scout more games. And the reason you're coming home three and the four in the morning is because you're traveling to Sudbury, you're traveling to Owen Sound on a weekday. And then right after the game is over, you're driving back to Ottawa and just get prepared for your classes. And and again, um, you know, uh, Western Canada was a great experience too because you had guys like Kelly McCrimmon, who who's now with uh, Vegas as a general manager, who was so accommodating and, and helpful and uh, and uh, educating me on on you know go, how to go about road trips and uh, you know which games you can watch and uh, just just giving you an idea of okay take this highway or be careful of this road and uh you know um this is where people stay in moose jaw or this is where people stay in regina this is a hotel you want to book because it's close to the rank um introducing me to other scouts uh that are scouting in the western hockey league meaning bantam games um introducing me to other general managers so so you know the, the hockey world is is a world that is uh, a very tight-knit um group slash community and there are wonderful wonderful people um involved in the game that are always out there um willing to help 
and not just how to identify a player, but you know, with logistics or, or you know, this is the best time to book your flight uh, two, three weeks in advance so you can keep the, the, the budget uh, respectable. So it, you, you learn about organizational um, time management. Um, and, and I don't think, and I can't speak for others, I can speak for myself. You're only successful in this game with the help of others and, and people that care about you and, uh, and what you do in return and to reciprocate that in return is to just wholeheartedly respect people and, and appreciate the help that you get. Um, you know, um, I think that's very important and uh, sometimes it's lost in today's society where there's a sense of entitlement and people are like, yeah, I deserve this or I should get this. And, and when, you, when you hear them speak, it's always about I instead of we. Um, you know, I remember being a young guy again, and uh, I know I'm being very repetitive. I am where I am today because of the help of others and people that, uh, that you know, put a lot of time, effort, and emotion into this game. And, uh, you know, the, the um, people with experience and the elderly need to be uh, respected dearly, uh, you know, because, because of them. Uh, we are very fortunate to be involved in the game today. Yeah, uh, again, just a tremendous point to make there that these relationships are really the key to uh, being successful in the game and, you know, putting yourself out there in those situations. And you never know uh, with other organizations or wherever you end up down the road, uh, you know, those connections may uh, help you at that point. Uh, so like you said, don't build a connection just for the immediate, uh, immediate point in time. Also build it for the future. After the Islanders, you would go on to join the Vancouver Canucks scouting staff. Uh, how did you find yourself in Vancouver, and uh, what was your experience working for that organization? Obviously, after being with the Islanders uh, beforehand. So, so after that, there was a managerial change uh, with the New York Islanders. Uh, you know, Neil Smith had come in. Uh, I, I would think uh, for just a little bit over a month or so, and um, you know, uh, after Neil Smith, uh, he lasted, like I said, a month or so on the job. Um, I don't have the particular dates in front of me or the time frame, so it's just an educated guess. Uh, you know, he was replaced by uh, Gar Snow, and uh, Gar Snow came in, and um, you know, he had um, an idea of how he wanted his staff to look and uh, put people in place that, you know, he had uh, either relationships or experience with, or that were recommended to him. And uh, my contract had expired uh, at that time, and. Um, and uh, the opportunity with the Vancouver Canucks came by being involved in the business and, uh, you know, getting to, to know others from other organizations, networking, and, you know, uh, referrals and references, you know, and uh, Vancouver Canucks were looking for um, somebody uh, in Ontario to do the amateur side uh, and uh, someone that can cross over into Quebec as well. Um, into uh, Michigan too. And uh, luckily for me, um, Ron DeLorme, who uh, uh, is the head scout with the Vancouver Canucks, um, who was uh, an ex-player that, uh, that, uh, that played in the NHL and uh, just a tremendous human being with a great reputation, um, not just as a hockey guy, but as a family person, um, called me and said, hey, uh, would, you, would you be interested in a scouting position with the Vancouver Canucks? And uh, 
um, before he finished, uh, asked the question, I said, yes. So, um, because I, I got to know Ron DeLorme and, uh, and, uh, you know, who, who he was and what he was all about. And for him, it was about, uh, team camaraderie. Um, it was about family and, uh, how he treated his scouts, uh, was phenomenal. Uh, uh, not just from a professional level, but from a personal and family level. And, uh, and you know, for for me, that 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 was what I wanted to be a part of a, a of a family because the New York Islanders were a family to me as well. You know, and I wanted to make sure that if I had the opportunity to go to another organization, they were very similar to the New York Islanders. Uh, you know, I remember Gordy Clark treating and Tony Felton treating everyone like family, and um, and so Vancouver exhibited uh, those traits and. Uh, so yeah, uh, Ron DeLorme, um, you know, uh, asked Tony Felcher and asked Gordy Clark, you know, what's Harky like as a person? Uh, can he work with others? Um, is he organized? Is he? Uh, what's his work ethic like? And uh, you know, um, uh, Gordy and Tony both gave uh, the highest recommendation, um, and I was very lucky again and fortunate and honored to to take a job with the Vancouver Canucks. So. Uh, it all happened because of uh, Ron DeLorme and, uh, you know, to this day, we have a, a great relationship. We're, we're close friends and uh, he's a person that I look up to and how he's persevered and uh, and been so successful. When you look at the Vancouver Canucks and what they've done, uh, whether it's uh, the Sedin twins, uh, Edler, um, you know, you look at Hughes now and uh, Petterson, um, you know, the Canucks have done a, a phenomenal job. Brock Besser, Horvat, uh, Ron DeLorme, and the entire staff of the Vancouver Canucks have continued to do a tremendous job. And uh, and it starts because they care about their scouts. They, they care about uh, their management staff. And uh, when you care about your scouts and management, and uh, for people like me, it's very appealing to, to work uh, for uh, in an environment like that. So... So I was, uh, yeah, that's how I, I got my job uh, because of Ron DeLorme, right? So. Yeah, definitely an interesting story. And I like the point you make about treating like a family and then the on-ice success that some of these teams have had in their drafting, the Canucks being the one you referenced just there. But I'm a firm believer that, you know, when you have the right uh, process and mindset in place, the on-ice results will come because of it. And it's clear that uh, having that family-like atmosphere uh, with the scouting staff really does generate results. Um, you know, people are always interested in, in hearing uh, almost behind the scenes, like the day-to-day -day operations. So looking at your time as a scout overall, uh, walk us through maybe a typical week in that position, just some of the day-to-day -day tasks and realities that you face uh, as a scout. Yeah, not every day is the same. You know, it's not a regular routine um, just because uh, a certain day uh, looked like that. Uh, another day can be completely different uh, with regards to uh, travel. Uh, sometimes we can't control mother nature. There could be a snowstorm or there could be, um, you know, construction or the road closure um, or just lost of direction, getting lost, trying to get to the game. Uh, that's happened uh, with me and, uh, you know, um, player injuries. Um, you know, um, you go to see a certain player and, and communication is great now. Um, we've got the internet, we've got social media. Uh, so you get updates in a timely manner. Back then, uh, 
um, sometimes you get to the game and uh, the player is a healthy scratch or not dressed or was diagnosed with an injury 10 minutes before, yet you flew all the way from Toronto to Kamloops or to Shawinigan or to Bay Como to see a certain player and you find out when you get there, right? Um, or another thing could be you're driving from Calgary to Red Deer, which is an hour and a half, 20 minutes just outside of Red Deer, there could be a, a truck that flipped over and uh, the game's going to start and, and you can't get to the game, right? You just can't get to the game. So there's a lot of obstacles sometimes that you can't control, but, you know, without those, um, without those factors that I just uh, spoke to you about, a lot of it is organizational skills, uh, pre-planning, uh, doing interviews, uh, not just interviewing the player, but the coaches, the billet family, uh, school teachers, principals, uh, friends, mm-hmm. uh, and not in their current environment. You might go back three, five years and try to really do a lot of research. Um, you know, um, so so there's that. There was obviously there's video analysis, and I know analytics is a term that's been used now for quite some time, but. Uh, but even back then, there was analytics involved. It's just we didn't use that terminology. But you know, you looked at numbers. Uh, you looked at from the um, psychological perspective. You looked at the emotional perspective of a player. Um, you know, you, obviously there was combines back then. You, you know, so so you know you you had to be organized and you had to be very flexible and you had to change directions in case there was a detour along the way. So you have to be very adaptable uh, when you're scouting and you gotta have an open mind um, and you gotta be able to listen to your uh, co-scouts, you gotta listen to management. Um, and and you know, uh, you could even go listen to a fan, you know, a season ticket holder uh, that, that has watched that player uh, for the last two or three years, get their perspective, learn from them too. Um, you know, um, another important thing is look at body language of a fan too and, and, and see if they're disgruntled with that player. Is it because of performance or is it because of lack of effort? Um, there's so many intangibles uh, to look at. But yeah, like to, to prepare and say, okay, every day I'm going to go into the rink looking for this. I, I think you're limiting yourself. You have to be able to expand and look at uh, so many different things of that player. Uh, Perfect example, it might be their fifth game in seven days and they're all on the road where the other team has the last line change and they're matching up against the player that you're trying to evaluate. Um, You know, you gotta gotta look at so many factors. Um, And and when you're scouting amateur, you gotta remember they're they're still young kids. They're they're young players and they go through so many changes and uh, maybe the night before they're up till two o'clock finishing a, a, a project for school, um, you know, and then they have to get on a bus and go play and they're not at their peak performance. So you, you, you can't just make a just judgment based on one or two viewings. Yeah. And you have to make your evaluation and you have to be very progressive and intelligent and allowing a player to, um, to, to understand that player. Um, and so, so I know being involved in the scouting profession in the past, and, and I can't say this for everyone, 
but sometimes people go and see a player one or two times and they form an opinion. Um, I think, you know, the most important thing is, is not only for the player to grow, but it's important for the scouts to grow too. And, uh, and that could be through academics. Uh, that could be through uh, knowledge from a, a visual perspective or nonverbal cues or, or verbal cues. Um, I, I think it's important in today's uh, uh, world to be very diverse uh, when it comes to scouting, um, not have pre-assumptions. So it goes back to your question, what's a typical day look like? I think you have to be very universal in your approach and, and you have to be very uh, congruent um, and very intelligent understanding different applications, uh, understanding the, the mind, um, the, the, the makeup uh, of the player. Um, you know, you, 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 that, that's the way I see it, Ryan. Uh, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, and, uh, but I think, I think flexibility and openness is key to everyday scouting. Yeah, I always love asking scouts and, and other people that question, but scouts specifically, uh, just in the fact that many people see the job and they just think you go in, you watch a game and you go home. But there are so many intangibles and so many mental challenges that you really do have to overcome to be successful in that position. And like you said, you could be driving a red deer and, and a tractor trailer is tipped over in the road and it changes your schedule for for that day. And then you have to kind of make up for it somewhere down the line. So. Um, little things like that you can't really control, but if you have those organizational skills and, and different uh, ways of going about your scouting process, you can make up for it somewhere along the way. So definitely uh, one of those questions that I love asking and uh, a great answer to, uh, you know, kind of tie in the whole experience in, uh, in one tidbit there. So, you know, uh, today you work uh, as a president of Live Sports and Entertainment and an NHLPA agent. Um, just talk about the transition to the agency side of the game and then talk about uh, the brand and maybe uh, without going too deep uh, your role so you know in today's agency world um, it's fun it's fun challenging and um, and I, I would say it's amazing it's an amazing role uh, to be involved in and here's why Ryan um, when you're scouting, you're evaluating a player and going back and letting the organization know what your thoughts are. And the player uh, happens to get drafted, say, to your organization. And then, you know, there's a transition involved where player development takes over and then your pro scouts get involved in the process. And, you know, eventually that player, hopefully that player makes your NHL squad. And, and then, you know, the head coaches get involved, the general manager gets involved. Uh, you know, um, strength and conditioning coaches get involved at the analytics department. Um, you know, you might not see that player through the transition for the next six, seven, eight years, nine years. Whereas when you're an agent, I truly feel you're going out recruit players. Um, you're involved in all aspects of that player from, uh, from the player development perspective, the educational side of things, um, player development, for example, strength and conditioning coach, nutritionist, uh, power skating coach, skill development coach, uh, from an educational standpoint, making sure their core courses are, are um, in place, uh, helping them navigate through the NCAA as an advisor. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're building relationships with the family too, uh, with the parents, their siblings, um, their significant other, 
um, you're you're also involved in helping them find a mortgage, uh, uh, you know, investment portfolios. Uh, so, in large, you become their best friend, um, become a, a member of the family, and you know you're you're mentoring them, you're guiding them. Um, you know, so so it's a hands-on approach being an agent. Uh, you wear many hats. Again, you wear a hat of an agent uh, negotiating a contract, but you also wear the hat of a coach, uh, a mentor, uh, someone that's guiding them, um, uh, setting them up with a nutritionist, a uh, physiotherapist, um, you know, um, strength and conditioning coach. Um, you're also having communication with uh, their coaches that they're currently playing for or the organization, whether it's minor hockey, major junior, um, it could be college hockey, it could be pro hockey. Um, yeah, you're, you're just, you're just so you're wearing so many hats and you're heavily involved and it's such a, it's such a great bond, uh, that you create, uh, with the player and their family. And, uh, you're invited to birthday parties, you're invited to graduation parties, um, you know, family events. Um, what an amazing feeling, you know, and, and again, you're not just representing uh, a, a player, but you're representing a human being that, um, that you're so diverse and so, um, so into their family, um, that it's life lasting relationships. And, uh, and, and, yeah, their goal is to play in the National Hockey League, but say for some reason they don't, you've been a part of their life where you've helped them, mentor them, or or assist in the family's decision of their child in education. Um, you know, um, yeah, like uh, it, it's 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 just an amazing feeling, and uh, you know how our agency set up. Um, every agency is different. Uh, I know at Live Sports and Entertainment, we're a boutique agency and, and all the things that I just talked about, um, you know, uh, we, we really want to be hands-on and uh, I, feel, um, I feel a sense of uh, satisfaction and uh, I'm very humble uh, with the families that have allowed me to represent their best interest and uh, through, through their, their, their kids. Um, yeah, um, what, what an awesome feeling. Yeah, it, it sounds very rewarding in multiple ways. And when you get to, you know, being that invested in someone's life, uh, whether they make it to the NHL or not, uh, to see them succeed uh, at, at any point in time is, uh, is a great feeling for sure. Um, connecting your work as an agent and then your NHL experience, uh, while working in the NHL, what are some of the main takeaways uh, from that side of the game that helped you succeed uh, now as an agent? Um, again, uh, being organized, being respectful, uh, being polite, uh, creating a network worldwide. Um, you know, um, there's, there's not a lot of agents in the business that I've worked on the other side. So, you know, uh, again, uh, learning from Gordy Clark and Tony Felter and Ron DeLorme and, you know, how to go in and evaluate players. Um, you know, and and to have that uh, that skill set uh, learned by those three gentlemen and others, you know, obviously you have a support staff. Um, you know, um, I I think that gives 
our firm a great advantage because I've been in those scouting meetings. Um, I've heard how other people, other scouts, uh, identify players or express um, their evaluations regarding that player. Um, and you're you're in those rooms when your GM is having discussions uh, with other agents and to see how those negotiations go. And so you look at from uh, hockey ops, uh, from an NHL perspective, and then you also look at it from an agent perspective. So, you know, uh, again, um, with the experience I've had, I wanna draw from that and be able to make sure that I understand where uh, NHL teams are coming from and where an agent is coming from. And to find that balance of, of importance to make sure that the NHL uh, organization, that team, and, the, and us as agents, we find a great balance because you want true partnerships and you want true relationships between both sides. And, and that, that's very important. And you wanna make sure there's trust and there's a sign of respect and work, working together is the ultimate goal. And um, between an NHL team and an agency, um, you don't want something to be one-sided or take advantage of anyone. Um, you, you want both you know, uh, parties to come together and say, yes, I love dealing with that team or that organization in the NHL or that, and you want the same thing being said from that NHL team about our agency. Hey, we, we like dealing with live sports and entertainment. Um, we like dealing with Harky Singh or Matt Barnes or Michael Finley. Um, it, it's very important. Uh, and we know dealing with this agency, we know what we're going to get. We know that the players that come through their agency are players that are respectful, uh, respectful, polite, have great integrity, high-end character. We know what we're getting. And vice versa, when our players go to an organization, uh, in the NHL, a certain team, we know what our players can expect from that organization too. So you, you have to have a great relationship and a relationship is not a, a one-way relationship. It's a two-way relationship. And, and it's, uh, it's relationships are, for me, you want them to be uh, forever. And, and in order for that to happen, there has to be respect and integrity on both sides. Yeah, a really great point there. And it just goes to show that uh, those experiences that you have uh, earlier in your career can really pay dividends. You learn the respect and the relationship building and even in a completely different area as uh, of hockey operations like this uh, with an agency, you can uh, see success because of the lessons you've learned. Um, one of the, my favorite questions to ask on the podcast, and we don't ask it a whole lot, but uh, it's for people who have maybe had experiences on both sides of the game. Uh, looking back on your career to date, uh, maybe just name one or two, however you'd like to go about it. But what are some of your favorite moments, whether it be on the scouting side or even the uh, the agency side? The the on, on the scouting side, it's the camaraderie. It's it's hanging out with the other scouts, executives, um, driving the games together, flying together, uh, being at tournaments together. Um, it's that, that that social aspect of 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 just just socializing, right? And and hearing stories, you know, you you see uh, ex players who have played in the National Hockey League, 
you know, just hearing their stories. Um, and, and, and these stories are phenomenal stories. Like they're, like I could sit there, Ryan, all day and just listen to them. They're, 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 they're fascinating because I never got to experience uh, these stories of ex-players or coaches or general managers. And when you sit there and you listen to the sincerity of them, the, um, the laughable moments, um, it's like being a kid in a, in a toy store, you know, and your eyes just expand and saying, yes, I want that toy. I want this toy. I want that toy. And, and when you sit there as a scout and you travel and you hear stories, you're like more, I, I want to hear more. And, and um, even the, uh, how guys joke with each other and uh, play pranks. Um, yeah. It, it's those experiences that, yeah, scouting is great. Don't get me wrong going and watching players and and I have a passion for that and and I love it but those stories too after games and sitting at a restaurant and and not just stories from your say uh when I worked for the Vancouver Canucks but you would hear stories from the Washington Capitol Scouts or you would hear stories from the Toronto Maple Leaf Scouts or Tampa Bay Lightning and um yeah like those are the things that that you can't really describe. I hope I'm trying as best as I can, but it, it's those moments that when you're at the under 18s in, uh, in Slovakia, or you're at the World Juniors in Russia, or Edmonton, or Vancouver, and when everyone gets together and, and talks about them, um, man, that's the most amazing feeling there is. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you have those great interactions, and you hear those stories, and um, I've talked about it previously on the podcast in, in coaching, uh, coaching staffs I've worked with, one of them being Thorold Blackhawks. Just, you know, sitting in the dressing room between periods is where some of the best memories are made and, and the laughs. And a lot of times through these stories, you can learn a lot as well. And I consider them a, a great resource. Um, personally for you, what are some of your favorite resources to look at for new ideas, whether it be books, podcasts, articles, or et cetera? Um, I, I'm, uh, I love to read books. Uh, I love to read academic journals. Um, you know, um, I, I'll read Forbes magazine. I'll read, uh, um, you know, articles that were published by Harvard or Princeton, um, you know, talking to others like yourself, Ryan. Um, yeah, I've been involved for 22 years, but speaking to you or other young, um, young aspiring uh, people that want to get involved in the game, listen to their ideas, uh, their, their intelligence uh, criteria, how things uh, are evolving. Um, you know, it, it's very, very important uh, looking at analytics. I'm, I'm big into analytics. I, I, um, I respect it all heartedly. Um, what else? Uh, just books and, and, and picking people's brains and, uh, you know, life experiences and, and see what works for them, what doesn't. And, and kindly reflect on your experiences too. look back and when you're evaluating players and say, okay, was I too hard on this player? And why was I too hard? Or why didn't I think this player uh, didn't have a chance to play in the NHL? And you, you look back and you, and you, you say to yourself, okay, this is where I need to look at things from a different perspective or, you know, uh, rely on your, your, your staff, your scouting staff, or, 
you know, in the agency world, rely on other agents within your firm, right? Um, you know, when I talk about young guys, we have Matt Barnes, who, who's at Brock University, who I represented. He's uh, 22 years old. And we have Michael Finley, who, who uh, is about, uh, I believe, 25 young guys aspiring to be uh, amazing agents moving forward. Um, they keep me young. I learned so much from those two that it's unbelievable. Um, you know, and, and I want them to share their ideas with me. And, uh, you know, they have a voice at the table. And uh, um, I'm so grateful to have both of them on board as well, because uh, they share some wonderful ideas. And uh, so, yeah, so th there's a lot of uh, learning tools out there. Uh, you have to be open to it. Uh, you can't be pig headed. Um, and, and I'm always looking or, you know, our firm is always looking at uh, many different ways of, uh, of, of improving ourselves, um, whether it's uh, taking workshops, um, you know, that offer how to work uh, as a team or how to accept other, other uh, members of your staff and their ideas. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't think you can be limited or be narrow-minded. You have to have an open mind and, uh, and uh, respect uh, everyone's opinion and, and learn from it. Yeah, the open-mindedness is, is so key with resources because like you said, there's books and sometimes there's other people or, or workshops or podcasts or the, the list goes on and on. But if you, uh, you know, you take it for what it is and sometimes it's not hockey, it could be something completely different, but you can still tie it back into the game. So um, great to hear that you, you utilize all those resources as well as, uh, you know, up-and-coming agents uh, that you mentioned there. Um, to progress in sports, it often takes a community, and you've mentioned a lot of mentors uh, who throughout the conversation, but uh, through those connections, what are some of the major lessons that you have learned? Um, just be very respectful. Be very respectful, hardworking, um, polite, um, and more importantly, honest. Um, you know, I, those are very important skills that I've learned and, and not just towards hockey, but from, from, uh, from a society perspective. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's always been about respect. It's always been about integrity, honesty, uh, character. And um, do we make mistakes along the way, Ryan, or some people might view us uh, a little bit different uh, because we did something, uh, they're not malicious mistakes. They're not mistakes that, oh, okay, we plan to do something wrong. No, um, mistakes do happen, but try to try to live with those principles of, of, uh, of just being honest, hardworking, um, open-minded, and, and polite. And so, you know, I know I've talked about my mentors, but, you know, when, when, you have relationships uh, with wonderful people, like another relationship is with Tony Granato and Marco Siki at the University of Wisconsin. Um, just, just amazing, amazing people. Uh, Dave Brown and Erie uh, with the Otters. Uh, um, you know, another, another wonderful person, uh, Kelly McCrimmon. You know, in uh, Vegas. Uh, all these people that I'm talking about, uh, Ron Delorme. Um, they're, they're just great human beings. Um, and, and you want to surround yourself with people like that. 
because you become a better person when you when you see how they conduct themselves and and uh, so so it, it's it's very important um, for anyone that's involved in this game or aspiring to be involved surround yourself with good people and and um, I don't know what I did but uh, I'm surrounded with wonderful people yeah a great lesson and a great takeaway there and um, like you said early on you had these people who um, provided you guidance and I'm sure there was a, a lot of things that they said early on that really stuck with you throughout your career um, as a final question here Harky if you could speak to a student or go back in time and talk to yourself maybe as you were heading into school uh, what is one final piece of advice that you would give them in hopes of seeing them progress to the position you hold today um, work hard work hard be very passionate and uh, it could be very intimidating if you're a young student and wanting to get uh, in this profession, whether it's working for an NHL team or being an agent or whatever role you want to have. Um, yeah, work hard, be passionate, um, and, and, don't, uh, and don't allow others to define who you are and say, well, it's never going to happen or, you know, you're not good enough. Uh, you know, um, all I would say is block that noise and uh, whatever your dreams are, um, you know, achieve them, work hard for it, um, have the passion and surround yourself with good people. Uh, because if you do that, your dreams will come true. And, uh, you know, you don't have to play the game, uh, to get a job in it, um, uh, our game is 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 very diverse. It's an amazing game. Uh, it's a game that uh, should open its boundaries to everyone, uh, man or woman. Um, you know, um, once our game opens their boundaries, uh, more and more people from around the world um, will love this beautiful game. And uh, yeah, my, you know, I, I know I'm uh, going on and on here, but I'm really passionate because I want to see more young, educated, intelligent, um, good human beings involved in this game and, uh, you know, just continue to work hard. And uh, I can assure you that uh, if you do that, um, you know, your dreams will come true and you'll be involved in this, uh, this beautiful game of hockey, um, you know, so. Yeah, right. That's uh, that would be my advice, right? So. Yeah, that's. I think that's a tremendous piece of advice, and uh, you touched on you know opening the game and opening its boundaries, and I think that's uh, something that we uh, have done, but should continue to do, and hopefully uh, a number of years down the road, um, you know, it'll be uh, more diverse and and more open than anyone could have imagined. Uh, Harky, I just want to thank you for taking your time today to join me on the podcast. I know your schedule is very busy. Um, it was a lot of fun talking about your career and talking about the agency and uh, everybody that you've met along the way. But again, I just want to say thank you for joining me and I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Um, I appreciate the kind words. And uh, also, I want to say thank you to you. Uh, continue the great work. And, uh, you know, it was wonderful uh, chatting with you. Um, again, um, you know, you present yourself well, uh, you're uh, very respectful, and uh, I know I wish everyone all the best, but I wish you too all the best too, and uh, may you be successful in whatever you choose to do, and uh, God bless you and your family. All right, thank you, Harky. I really appreciate that. Take care. 
Take care. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank Harky for coming on the podcast and having a conversation about his life and career to date. Having followed Harky's career for some time, I was very interested in speaking in detail about his journey. So as someone who was able to learn a lot from this interview, I'd like to once again thank him for accepting the offer to come on. If you would like to get in touch with Harky to discuss his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or contact Podcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. On the next episode of the podcast, I'll be joined by Christian Wiley, assistant coach and assistant general manager with the Pelham Panthers. With experience in junior hockey, Christian found his way into the game through one of the most unique paths of any of my guests to date, so be sure to listen to his story on Wednesday. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and continue to provide feedback on the podcast so that we can continually improve the platform moving forward. As always, stay safe and all the best.